At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, your official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the HHC, a game day edition. Hornets preparing for preseason game number three against the Miami Heat. We'll give you a game preview of that one. Also talk about a recent ESPN NBA Insiders article. It mentioned the Hornets is a team outside the top six projection that could disrupt the race for home court advantage, at least in their opinion. I think a lot of people inside the building at Spectrum Center would say disrupt is a bit aggressive, that they probably belong in the conversation there, but that's neither here nor there. We'll discuss the article, and we're going to talk about the recent injury news for the Hornets. In case you haven't heard, Gordon Hayward, Mason Plumlee have been out the last few days due to health and safety protocols. Same news for Kelly Oubre Jr. in terms of being out, different ailment. He's been out with a right ankle sprain since the game at Oklahoma City, there's a new name on the list. Terry Rozier suffered an injured ankle, a left ankle sprain. He will be out for tonight's game against Miami. We'll discuss all of these topics with my producer here on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo. And Rob, let's start on the injury front. In terms of Gordon Hayward and Mason Plumlee, this from what we have been told from head coach James Borrego is we don't typically get a whole lot of information on what health and safety protocols entails, but it's kind of a a useless process. Quite frankly, they'll come back when they come back, and the fact that it's preseason uh, means there's maybe a little less urgency, although it would certainly be nice to get them back. But Terry Rozier is the new name on the list. What are your thoughts on the current state of the Hornets health-wise? Well, you obviously don't want to see anybody get hurt, but if there's a silver lining here, and of course, you know, here on the Hornets Hivecast, we like to point towards those silver linings from time to time. It's the fact that we get to see how these younger players react against some of the top-tier talent 
in the NBA. That, of course, is if Miami plays their stars tonight. We'll get into that a little bit later with our preview. But at any rate, it's a good opportunity for these younger guys like James Booknight. We've already seen a lot of Booknight with the second unit backing up Terry Rozier in the first two preseason games. So it makes sense to see him with the starting core tonight in the absence of Rozier. The preseason is all about finding out what works and what doesn't work. And this is just kind of a great opportunity, I feel like. You might as well get all of these injuries out of the way in the preseason. At least you would hope so. But, you know, not only is this a chance for the younger guys to get extended time out there, it also gives James Brago a chance to kind of tinker with the lineups and the rotations as well as we kind of inch closer and closer to this regular season. Yeah, if this is the full allotment of injuries, we'll take them all right now, please and thank you. But, uh, of course, the NBA season will have something else to say about it. I agree with you. It is a chance to see how things work with the absence of particular players. I think if it was just Gordon Hayward out, it might be a little bit easier to navigate. Not that Gordon Hayward is an easy player to replace by any stretch. We saw how devastating his injury was last year. But, quite frankly, you have more experienced players that can fill in at the 3-4 than you do at the 5 where Mason Plumley has been out. And after that game against Memphis, where the Hornets were out-rebounded by 32, there's a serious issue the Hornets seem to have, at least right now, or maybe a solution that needs finding when you don't have your starting center and you're going up against a team the size of Memphis. The new person out, of course, is Terry Rozier. And I heard you mention James Booknight. I agree with you there. And I think specifically, you know, this is a chance to see if the scoring is real in the sense that James Booknight will be able to do it against the top line guys, however many minutes they might play, versus the back of the roster. James Booknight has been getting a lot of his points in the fourth quarter. These are still NBA quality players, or at the very least, G League quality players he's going against, so there's no reason to downgrade his accomplishment. He's been a top 15 to 20 scorer in NBA preseason so far, but with Terry Rozier, you think either James Booknight could go to the starting lineup, or he'll at least get a more prominent role, more prominent minutes in the first half, and more opportunities to see what he can do against some guys that legitimately will be in a top eight rotation come the regular season. And not only that, but it also is a trickle-down effect as well. I mean, you'll see a little bit more of guys like Scotty Lewis who might not get that kind of extended run in any sort of normal preseason instances. I mean, he's already on a two-way deal, pretty much guaranteed that he's going to be in Greensboro here in a few weeks, but it's also an opportunity for guys like that to see what they can do even against the second unit. So like I said, it's a trickle-down effect. And it's just another opportunity for these guys to kind of show, you know, what they're worth right now and not only, you know, what their strengths are, but definitely pinpointing their weaknesses and seeing what they have to work on as well. Final thing I would say on this with the injuries is it it could kind of give us a sneak preview at what the long-term future of the Hornets looks like. Now, I'm going to say this up front. Terry Rozier is definitely part of the long-term future for the Hornets. They just signed him to a long extension. He's going to be here for a long time, but typically when you look at teams who build successfully through the draft, if they're doing it right, if they're picking well in the lottery, their first-round picks are going to remain with the franchise for five, six, seven years. That's tends to be the plan. Of course, trades happen and sometimes players don't work out. But if they're working, you want them there for their full rookie contract. You want them there for an extension. You want them to be prominent parts of your lineup. If you look at the last three first round picks, Miles Bridges seems to be on track for that. He has played extremely well in a sixth man role a season ago. He has been a starter to begin this preseason. You'd think he's part of the long-term future, or at least signs seem to be indicating that way. I think that's definitely the case for LaMelo Ball. This is a sneak preview at what James 
Facebook night can add to that grouping. And look, he is a rookie, so expectations should not necessarily be through the roof. I've been doing a lot of research on the Heat lately, as you might imagine, since the team's playing Miami tonight. And you look back at a player like Kyle Lowry, he was average his first couple years. He wasn't even a 10-point-per-game scorer until four, five, six years into his NBA career. So this is not an easy transition to make, even for someone as exceptionally talented as James Booknight. But this could be a sneak preview of what the future might have for the Hornets with a grouping of Bridges and Ball and Booknight, considering they're three of the remaining healthy players to go tonight. Yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't even think of it that way, but I couldn't agree with you more just seeing how these first-round picks shake out and like I said too I mean even seeing if there are a couple of diamonds in the rough as well in the second round just like guys like Scotty Lewis and maybe even Arnaldus Kabolka gets a little bit of extended run too because of the injuries to Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre as well so I mean like I said it's a trickle down effect all around and we'll have a lot of answers tonight I feel like with you know the state of this roster especially as you know it's something that we don't want to harp on and we don't certainly don't want to focus on but you know this team already has a couple of players over the roster limit so somebody's got to go eventually and tonight might be a good opportunity to see where those players stand moving forward we'll definitely get a look at something new tonight hornets are going to have to go without terry rozier in addition to gordon hayward and mason Plumley, we will see if kelly Oubre jr is able to go he did travel with the team but he is listed as doubtful right now with that ankle injury we'll get more on tonight's matchup with miami momentarily coming up next we're going to talk about a recent espn nba insiders article that has the hornets crashing the competition for home court advantage in the playoffs we'll talk about that next here on the hornets hivecast hornets fans make sure you download the hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience the hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all your information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day you'll also find predictive games mobile food ordering and even a wallet for your nfts download the hornets app today Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Time to talk about a recent ESPN article about the Hornets competing for the top four or a top four position in the Eastern Conference. We're looking at an NBA Insiders article from ESPN.com. The question, Rob, is which Eastern Conference team outside ESPN's top six projections has the best chance to disrupt the race for home court advantage? And Tim McMahon says the answer is the Charlotte Hornets. He asks, can LaMelo Ball make the leap from Rookie of the Year to Superstar in his sophomore season? If so, the Hornets might have sleeper potential. Any hopes they have of making the jump into the middle of the East playoff pack would also require a full healthy season from Gordon Hayward, which isn't a great bet given his recent track record, but he does list the Hornets as his, I guess, upset or disrupting pick. Rob, your thoughts on the projection from Tim McMahon? I mean, I think it's a pretty fair spot to put the Hornets. I think a lot of other people have that similar expectation for Charlotte to compete for a top six seed, avoid that play in tournament. And I think that's kind of like what we're expecting too, based on everything that we've said in previous podcasts. We are hoping for this team to compete for a top six spot and trying to avoid that play-in tournament. And the reasoning here is a big reason why, I feel like. I mean, the core group of players can mesh just so well with one another. I mean, you got the Airbnb connection with LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. There's that veteran presence of a former All-Star in Gordon Hayward. And I think that the depth that the Hornets were able to add in this offseason is going to be very important. Last season, there was, it seemed like a significant drop-off in production between the first and the second unit. Something I don't think you're going to see this year as much because you got a guy running the point in the second 
second unit like Ish Smith. He's going to push the tempo similar to LaMelo Ball. I mean, I don't think anybody can kind of run with LaMelo Ball at the pace that he goes, but I think Ish Smith is a close second. And that's going to make a lot of teams uncomfortable. That's going to make a lot of these veteran teams. I'm not going to say they're going to go out and beat the Lakers and they're going to go out and beat Brooklyn by 30 points or anything like that. But these older veteran teams that want to slow the basketball down, they're going to have a tough problem trying to play 48 minutes with the Hornets this season. Yeah, for me, I think the thing that stands out about this article is is it solidifies the Hornets in the experts' minds as contenders. And quite frankly, I don't know how important that is because the Hornets know that they are contenders and I, I think they enjoy or appreciate the added motivation of people doubting them. But the fact of the matter is the Hornets were listed by some of the experts out there as a potential 12 seed. And as such, it begs the question, Rob, do the experts feel that Charlotte is a team that is down by the the bottom teams in the Eastern Conference? Or is it that they believe the grouping competing for playoff positions, play-in positions, is that deep? And this article and where the Hornets are listed gives an indication that they just think the Eastern Conference is that deep. Because the other answers to the same question were the New York Knicks, who had postseason home court advantage to start last season. And the Indiana Pacers, who have been a perennial playoff team over the last handful of seasons and are still a pretty deep team, even though they've undergone some pretty significant changes in the last year. So I think the Hornets are in decent company here. I think it's a sign that the Eastern Conference is a lot deeper now than it's been in previous seasons. That presents some new challenges. And quite frankly, for the preseason, someone has to be slotted in at those 10, 11, 12 positions. And just because you are put there doesn't mean that the people ranking a squad like the Hornets doesn't feel a lack of confidence in that pick thinking all right maybe we're underselling this Charlotte team a little bit but I guess we'll have to let it play out and and certainly other teams like Chicago have made big moves and maybe other experts are a little more willing to put those teams in the top four than the Hornets but as I said at the onset of this Rob I think for Charlotte's perspective they don't mind people undercounting, underselling them. They're perfectly fine going in with that added motivation of we've got to make these guys pay for their predictions and going out there and uh, proving them wrong out on the floor. All right, if you want to check out that article, go to ESPN.com. Check out their NBA Insiders. An interesting read. And again, I'm, I'm looking at it as a half-glass full type of scenario here with the Hornets being looked at as a team that could possibly disrupt the preseason projections for home court advantage. Coming up next, Rob and I will start to preview tonight's game, Hornets against the Heat, game three of four on the preseason schedule. We'll talk about it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center, now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail, or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC previewing tonight's preseason matchup, Hornets versus the Miami Heat, a.k.a. the reunion of the Martin Brothers. Yeah. Cody and Caleb will be back together again. One of the uh, side stories, I guess, to tonight's contest. Of course, uh, Charlotte keeping Cody. Caleb was released 
during the offseason. Miami elected to pick him up, and so uh, the two brothers, for the first time, I think, ever, are on opposite sides of a matchup. So that'll be an interesting wrinkle to tonight's game. But most importantly, we touched on it earlier, Rob, Hornets dealing with some injury issues. That means opportunity for some other guys. But one thing that head coach James Borrego talked about yesterday in his availability that I thought you know made a lot of sense, he was asked basically, how much does this set you back not having guys like Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier to further build up their rhythm and the camaraderie on the floor with their teammates? And, and he basically said that it doesn't help, but the fact that this team did so much in the offseason kind of minimizes the impact. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. We all kind of looked at the offseason trip to Miami as this is a boost for the team's camaraderie, but doesn't really replace a training camp. And I'm not saying it fully replaces one, but it, I think it does, as JB indicated, minimize the damage here. It, it's going to reduce the amount of time it actually takes once Terry and Gordon and Mason are healthy to get back into the fold, back into the rhythm. Well, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it from JB's perspective. I really like that just because, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you take a look at what the Miami trip was in the offseason, think of it maybe as, let's be on the conservative side and say it's three steps forward. And now you got a couple of starters that have not played two preseason games. Let's take that as maybe like a half of a step back. I mean, it still puts you forward a good bit. So yeah, I'm not too worried about those guys gelling a whole lot. I get it's preseason basketball. I understand, you know, it's important to get that camaraderie. But, you know, when that ball really tips off on the 20th and that adrenaline is really going out there and you guys have had a couple of weeks now to kind of get the system down and everybody's able to understand everybody's tendencies, that's when you're really going to start seeing things ramp up. So I'm not too worried about missing two preseason games from a couple of starters just to make sure that they are healthy and everybody's good to go for the regular season. So I can't state how much I am not concerned about these guys being out for a preseason game against the Miami Heat. I'll say this, with the Hornets injuries, I think maybe in hindsight now, a fifth preseason game wouldn't have been the end of the world, especially if it came late in the schedule and gave the Hornets an opportunity to get some of these guys back. On the flip side, I think Miami might be looking at things saying, boy, we scheduled six preseason games. This might be too many because uh, their last one against San Antonio on the back end of a back-to-back, they rested Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker all sat. And of course, Victor Oladipo is still recovering from his knee injury, so he also did not play. So, you know, they were missing a lot of guys. One that has been out there is Tyler Hero. He has been spectacular. One of, if not the leading scorer for preseason play in the entire NBA. He definitely uh, seems to have found another gear in his game. But generally speaking, I think based off the schedule and the fact that their next two games are their last two, plus they are back-to-back, I would think Miami's more likely to play some of the guys that were specifically out for rest. And I think that's a good thing. I think Charlotte, you know, even shorthanded, the game against Memphis was a mess, but it was good to get some answers, even to just discover, all right, this doesn't really work and how we were playing or what lineups we had out there against a really big team. If the Hornets tonight go up against a really talented Miami team, minus Rozier, minus Gordon Hayward, minus Plumlee, and find something that works even a little bit, that's something you can build on for the regular season versus if those guys just sit again and it's you know, mostly second unit guys versus mostly second unit guys on the other side, you don't necessarily get some of those answers. 
Yeah, and you want everybody's best shot, don't get me wrong. So it kind of goes back to, like you mentioned, what we talked about in the first segment. I mean, with no Gordon Hayward, most likely no Kelly Oubre as well. I just want to see who can step up in that small forward position as well. That's one of the things I'm going to look for tonight. There's kind of a logjam there right now as it is kind of in that third spot behind Gordon, behind Kelly, depending on what position Kelly eventually ends up playing. I mean, he's so versatile. You can move him around the floor a little bit in different spots, but you know, right now it's kind of a position battle between Cody Martin and Wesai Wundu. So I want to see if we can get any clarity in the hierarchy there behind Hayward and Oubre for the most part. Obviously, Cody Martin did start the Memphis game, so he probably has the leg up there. But again, if we see the normal starters for the Miami Heat or the ones that we're supposed to see when it comes time in a regular season, I mean, let's be honest, they did get a little bit older this offseason with Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker getting involved into the fold. But, you know, if we do see those guys tonight, then it just hopefully prove some answers or at least we get to see some stuff get put on film and can kind of build some blocks from there at least in terms of what JB is looking for moving forward. You might have touched upon it right there but is there a position a player a stat that you are focused on for tonight? Yeah I'm just going to look at that small forward position seeing what kind of transpires from it because again it's kind of a log jam it's a lot of moving parts right now with this roster with some guys getting some exhibit 10 contracts and that sort of thing without getting too deep into the weeds on it as well and I want to see what James Booknight can do as well if he ends up in the starting role as well as the shooting guard to see like you mentioned if you know the scoring is for real which I personally think it is I mean you know he did it at summer league and he's done it in the preseason so far so you know I'm looking forward to see what Booknight can do tonight against some of the upper echelon players of the NBA against the Miami Heat. And I'm going to continue to watch the power forward center combinations because I want to see, A, how the Hornets respond from getting punched in the mouth against Memphis. That was an ugly game on the interior. Hornets were out-rebounded by 32. I think the Hornets are probably going to play some inspired ball or hopefully play some inspired ball on the interior. But also, if Miami does not rest their bigs, you're looking at a front line that includes guys like Bam Adebayo and Markeith Morris, really big players. Omer Yurtseven has gotten a start recently for Miami at the center position. They have Dwayne Dedman, who's been around the league for quite some time. So this is not a small Miami team. This is someone that's going to present some issues. And once again, no Plumlee. How do the Hornets handle that? What is the plan of attack? And do they try some different combinations, some different strategies to try and at the very least lessen the size disadvantage that they're going to have? At the end of the day, you cannot teach height. P.J. Washington, as fantastic a player as he is, really stretches the floor. He's a very good help defender. He was top 20 in the NBA in blocks last year. They're not going to be able to make him seven feet tall. So how do you use him and use him in tandem with other players to help decrease that disadvantage that was so glaring in the game against Memphis. I think that's the answer I will be focused on tonight. Of course, we will be here to break it all down for you tomorrow. Actually, I want Rob, you're in the controls for uh, the HHC tomorrow. Yeah, scary thing, right? <laughs> you and I believe Matt Richinski will have our post-game podcast for all you Hornets fans, and that'll be available for you tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts. I invite you to tune in tonight. Hornets taking on the Miami Heat. 7.30 tip time. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30 on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Big thank you to Rob Longo for joining in, and thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.